Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 628 of the Juicebox Podcast. Today is the fourth in the Defining Thyroid series, and today Jenny Smith and I will be talking about T3 and T4. The Defining Thyroid series will be a short but important series of information about living with thyroid disease. Also about how to identify it, test it, get your doctor to take you seriously, how to get the medication right, and all kinds of other stuff. It's possible that thyroid's going to come up in your life with type 1, and knowing what to do if it happens is a big deal. Wasted diagnosis time is wasted lifetime. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you're a U.S. resident who has type 1 diabetes or is the caregiver for someone who has type 1, you could take the survey at t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox in fewer than 10 minutes. When you do this, it will be completely anonymous. It will be HIPAA compliant. You will be helping people with type 1 diabetes and you will be supporting the podcast. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. If you're looking for the Defining Diabetes series, they're available in your podcast player or at juiceboxpodcast.com. At that website, you'll also find the Diabetes Pro Tip series, Ask Scott and Jenny, the Diabetes Variables episodes, After Dark episodes, Algorithm Pumping-based episodes, How We Eat series. It's all right there. It's either in your podcast player or at juiceboxpodcast.com. At the end of this episode, and at the end of every Defining Thyroid episode, I will list the symptoms of hypothyroidism, hyperthyroidism, and Graves' disease. You want to do T4, T3 next? Sure. All right. Okay. Jenny, my wife has explained this to me 16 different times. I had Dr. Benito explain it to me once, and I'm still confused by it, so I'm not sure how much help I'm going to be here. Uh, <laughs> But when you um, have hypothyroidism, most doctors are just going to test your T4 and your free T. Wait, right? Oh, uh, see, am I right? And <laughs> all right, hold on. Thyroxine T4, the primary hormone produced and secreted by the thyroid gland in treating hypothyroidism, man-made forms of T4 are the standard method. Along with T3, T4 controls your body's metabolism. If you don't have enough of them, then your metabolism slows down. In essence, T3 and T4 are in charge of how your body uses energy. Correct. But most people are just on a T4 replacement. Well, T4 is really, that's where potentially based on where your levels go after you start using some type of hormone, you know, replacement therapy, therapy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, or some assistive medication, right? Essentially, T4 is the storage 
form of the active version of thyroid hormone you want to get to. And so it needs to be converted into T3 to get used. Right. Okay. Um, so free T4 is a more active form of just T4. <laughs> and then once activated, this is like the baseline, like in a nutshell, right? I'm <laughs> certainly not a hormone no, therapy no, no, specialist, keep, but keep going, right. I, yeah. And then it has to move to be sort of T4. Um, it's the second hormone that's essentially, you know, created and put out by the thyroid gland. Again, regulation by TSH, which is being put out by your pituitary gland, right? So free a free T4 test is a measure of the level of free T4 in your bloodstream. This test is complementary, is a complementary test to TSH. If your free yes. if your free T4 levels are too low, it's a strong indicator that you have hypothyroidism. So uh, let me let me see if I understand a little bit. Your body makes T4, and then from T4, it derives T3. Is that fair? That's fair, yes. Mm -hmm. So T4 is crude oil, T3 is gasoline. Yeah, there you go. Okay, all right. That's a good, yes. If I don't put this to a picture, I'm never going to understand, because you're being clear, and I'm like, my brain's going, "Uh uh-oh, Scott, you're a dummy. You don't understand. (laughs) I I I can hear it talking to me. So, okay, so so. (laughs) <laughs> so you make, T4. and also, I guess one another with the T4 specifically, it's a good one to get a check if you're symptomatic, but your TSH is showing normal. Okay. An additional to check if it hadn't been checked at the same time would be a T4. Okay. That's good to bring up here. I am going to get that information real quick. So a thyroid panel, right? So you can get a thyroid test. Mm-hmm. They, they even have at-home tests, by the way. Um, but thi- oh, and I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Thyroid-stimulating hormones, TSH, free thyroxin, which is free T4, right? Mm-hmm. Look at me learning. And then, wow, I don't know this one. Free triodotherine. Holy God. T3. Yeah, it's it's like, just call it T3. T3. Okay, and T3. <laughs> Much easier. So that would be a thyroid test. But you could get a thyroid antibody test. These are, you know, which is free thyroxin, free T3, thyroid stimulating hormone. And then I actually know this one, thyroglobulin antibodies, thyroid peroxidase. Yeah, antibodies, right? So, And that one is really specific Hashimoto's. Okay. But I think my point was, is that don't just let the doctor send out for your TSH and nothing else. No. Right. At least. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I would say, especially now I always, I mean, knowing what I know, obviously from a clinical standpoint, I still always ask for those along with a TSH, even though I don't have any diagnosed, you know, thyroid disorder whatsoever. I still want to know that where TSH is, where are my T3 and T4? Because also if I ever did have a movement towards symptoms I have a baseline of this is where I was. Mm-hmm. This is where these have moved to now and I am symptomatic. So clearly something is not right. Okay. All right. So, okay. So now let's, let's say we'll give a definition for T3 here. 
So sure. that long word that I don't know, triodothyroid. Okay, I'm not saying that. T3, the second hormone produced by the thyroid gland, is more active than thyroxin, which is T4. But most medications from hypothyroidism do not include T3. Um, it says then, kind of in quotes here, your body can make T3 from T4, and taking mm -hmm. T4 alone is usually sufficient to achieve normal thyroid function. Along with T4, T3 controls your body's metabolism. If you don't have enough of them, then your metabolism slows down. In essence, T3 and T4 are in charge of how your body uses energy. Now, correct. interesting, my wife used to take T4 and T3, and it was very valuable for her, but eventually gave her like um, heart palpitations. Huh. Yeah, so she had to get off of it. And yeah. I'm wondering, which I mentioned in another episode, my son said, he, or I might have mentioned this one where he's grinding his teeth. Um, I'm wondering if they're not going to take away a little bit because my son takes. So our, our, our doctor's a bit of a, she's an outside of the box thinker. So my son takes Tyrosint, which is a T4 replacement, uh -huh. it's a very clean T4 replacement. It's yep. okay. Um, and he takes Armor Thyroid. Oh, yeah. The more. I think that's derived from a pig. Like more natural version. Right. Yes, exactly. And I'm, I'm wondering um, if she's going to adjust it around a little bit. So I, this one, because I'm in, because I'm not following well, this one's a little like scattered, but um, your body makes T4, T3. When you have hypothyroidism, your doctor is likely going to replace your T4 with a medication. I'm going to just give you a couple of like Synthroid. Mm -hmm. I think Synthroid's pretty much the most. Um, Correct. And the armor, I've actually heard a lot more in probably the past five years. I've heard more people using the armor. Yeah. You might, you most uh, commonly might see it. Uh, this There's a synth synthetic form of, of the, you know, of the, of the hormone, like we were just saying that armor mm -hmm. is more natural. Uh, but you might, you might see it called Synthroid, which I think is a name, a name brand. You'll probably more often see it as le Levothyroxine, which, mm -hmm. I, which I think is the combat. It's that's the actual molecule name, I believe. Right. Yeah. It's the, yeah, it's essentially Synthroid. Yeah. It's just the, yeah. I can tell you that Synthroid works for my wife, but the generic of Synthroid doesn't. Okay. And that's a really important piece yeah. too. I mean, there are lots in terms of talking about those hormones and then the replacement therapy meds for them, because there's a whole bunch about the medication that's really important to pay attention to for yourself. Mm -hmm. Like you just brought up, if you've been using the brand named product and you switch over and something doesn't feel right. Something's ask not right. to go back. Something's yeah. not right. And in that you might even need to have your prescriber write the order as no substitutions on the prescription. Yeah. Please prescribe only this brand, this dose, et cetera. Um, I mean, that also goes into like how to take the medication, foods that might interact with the medication. I mean, there's a lot with the thyroid meds. You can't take you're right. And we're going to do, we'll do an episode probably at the end of this where we just talk about how to take the medication. Cool. Time of day, what you can't take around it. You, you know, there's, um, yes, even, there's a list. Yes. There's, it really, Be ready. 
get your notebook out (laughs) vitamins you can't take at the same time you know like all kinds of stuff and how many hours between taking the vitamins and things i mean it's yeah yeah it's um it's really something um nothing else fits with this one right i don't think so no okay so we did t4 t3 I should mark them off on my list here. We're doing really well. Yeah. I'm, I'm very proud of us. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, we'll get to thyroid. I don't think we have enough time to do thyroid hormone replacement right here. I'm looking for something that fits in the time you have left. Um, we could do um, antibodies, which I think deserve, sure. I think they deserve their own. All right. Now I feel like we've given away that we record these uh, in big bunches. But hey, Jenny, I was hoping today. Hey, Scott. <laughs> I was hoping today that we could define antibodies um, in general and around thyroid disease. So sure. I'll read. You want to read the definition? Yeah, sure. Why not? Proteins produced by your body's immune system that attack invaders, such as a virus. However, Antibodies may also mistakenly attack healthy tissue. When when antibodies attack the thyroid, it can stunt thyroid hormone production. This may result in hypothyroidism. So I think everyone listening who has type 1 diabetes, if you don't know, uh, this is what happened to you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And you have type 1 now, right? So these, so antibodies are, I mean, what's a, what's a simple way to think of it so that you know, make it cartoonish for me so I can follow. Make it cartoonish. Um, it's like an invader, right? Okay. So if you think about an antibody, um, it's essentially something that your body produces to attack the invader. Okay. So you're, it's like calling out the troops, right? Mm-hmm. They're sitting and just like playing cards and doing whatever they're doing. And then they're like, oh my gosh, we've got this strange looking blob floating around in the body. We have to take care of this, right? Um, but sometimes it's, your body gets overboard, right? Especially with autoimmune disorder. And it does, it doesn't know when to stop mm-hmm. that sort of attack on what it sees as a foreign body. And in somebody with autoimmune disorder, unfortunately, that foreign body isn't really foreign. It's a part of your body that's supposed to be there, such as the beta cells or such as, you know, different parts of the thyroid gland, et cetera. So, so, so these antibodies are a good thing until, Mm -hmm. until they get confused or or supercharged maybe by an, or supercharged. Yes. They have, They've so, had way too much Red Bull or whatever is the newest thing. Okay. All right. So <laughs> I, I think I, so I understand. So, um, so an antibody is Superman, right? Until uh, all of a sudden it turns into that like creepy version of Superman. What was that called? Oh, he was like the Bizarro. Bizarro. His name was good job. Yes. Jenny. Thank you. Well, you know, I do have two little boys. That was well done. They love the superheroes. That was really well done. Uh, just yanked that right out of your ass. <laughs> um, so, so, well, we do get the superhero comic books from the library, and we read them many times. Okay, well, so. uh, that's obviously stuck in your head, because I couldn't <laughs> think of it. I could picture him in my head. I couldn't come up with the name. Um, so, so, okay, so generally speaking, my... Antibodies are a good thing. Get a little, 
you know? Correct. Right. Yes. There, we want, I mean, that's uh, obviously also how our body deals with attack from typical viruses, right? You build up an antibody. And then if your body encounters that again, essentially it's supposed to be able to manage it either better or it manages it and you never actually get symptomatic. Yeah. But so, yes. sometimes things go crazy, especially if you have autoimmune disease and mm-hmm. these antibodies will do the wrong thing. So, you know, just because we're here right now, and it's such a super simple thing, but I bet you we've never said it out loud. Um, it's the antibodies in, in the in in the situation of type 1 diabetes, they actually go after the beta cells in your pancreas. Mm-hmm. Like, because I think mm-hmm. people just think of the pancreas as being... A pancreas is not dead just because you have type 1 diabetes. Right. It actually no. still does things that are very important. Uh, there are actually alpha cells mm-hmm. also in the pancreas. Oh, look at them. So, and yes. it left them alone. It just went and got the beta cells. This takes care of the beta cells. Yep. And, there, and there are people too who, I mean, there's researchers that believe that the beta cells aren't destroyed as much as they're frozen in inflammation. Do you, have you ever heard people talk about it that way? I've not, I've not heard it talked about that way. Although I have, um, I mean, even years ago when I was working endocrine um, in DC, there were tests that were being done on people with 20 plus years with type one diabetes. And what they were finding is that their what's called C, C peptide levels mm-hmm. were actually not nothing. If your C peptide levels are nothing, it essentially means that no, you no longer have any assistive beta cell action happening in the body. Okay. Um, but many of those tested actually did have a small level of continued insulin secretion from the betas that are left essentially working in the body. Um, the problem being the autoimmune system continues over time to identify those as foreign bodies, right? right? They didn't so. just come in and attack once they, they keep coming back if, you know. If the beta cells relight their campfire, they're like, oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Here we come again. All right. I got it. All right. So antibodies, little invaders, uh, are are there actually to attack the invaders in your body? They're there to attack the invaders, yes. sometimes get confused and attack the good stuff. So just think of antibodies as Superman until you have an autoimmune disease when they become bizarro. There. We did. There, that's, I call that the bizarro episode. If I hear anyone in the diabetes community refer to it like this, I'm going to assume that you and I did that. So I have never heard anyone talk about it that way before in my life. So, um, <laughs> all right. Well, Jenny, thank you very much for doing this. Yes, absolutely. Bizarro's planet is square, by the way, if you didn't know that either. <laughs> it sounds like Just it. to let you know. Is it really? Yes. All right. I'll mm-hmm. look that up. Hold on a second. Um, thank you very much. <laughs> I appreciate this very much. Thank you. Yes. Cool. So we got through a good. Thanks so much for listening today. Please stop back frequently for more episodes of the juice box podcast and to continue with the defining thyroid series. If you like Jenny, she's for hire. You can find her at integrateddiabetes.com. She helps people with their type one diabetes. She's really good at it too. If you're enjoying the Juice Box podcast and you're listening in an app, but you're not subscribed or following, please hit subscribe and follow in that app. And don't forget to tell a friend. Hey, uh, if you find the podcast on YouTube, we started putting up animated versions of the Defining Diabetes series. They're really cute, great for kids, very visual. Um, Go find it. All right, now let's go through the symptoms. We will start with hypothyroidism. Hypothyroidism signs and symptoms may include fatigue, 
increased sensitivity to cold, constipation, dry skin, weight gain, puffy face, hoarseness, muscle weakness, elevated blood cholesterol level, muscle aches, tenderness, and stiffness, pain, stiffness, or swelling in your joints, heavier than normal or irregular menstrual periods, thinning hair, slow heart rate, depression, impaired memory, enlarged thyroid gland. In infants, you're looking for a yellowing of the skin and whites of the eyes, which is commonly called jaundice. In most cases, this occurs when a baby's liver can't metabolize a substance called bilirubin, which normally forms when the body recycles old or damaged red blood cells. You also might see a larger protruding tongue, difficulty breathing, hoarse crying, or an umbilical hernia. As progression happens in infants, you may move on to constipation, poor muscle tone, or excessive sleepiness. Hypothyroidism in children and teens may indicate uh, with poor growth, resulting in a short stature, delayed development of permanent teeth, delayed puberty, poor mental development. That list is from the Mayo Clinic. Let's move on now to hyperthyroidism. This list is from the Cleveland Clinic. Hyperthyroidism may present with rapid heartbeat or palpitations, feeling shaky and or nervous, weight loss, increased appetite, diarrhea, and more frequent bowel movements, vision changes, thin, warm, and moist skin, menstrual changes, intolerance to heat and excessive sweating, sleep issues, swelling and enlargement of the neck from an enlarged thyroid gland, hair loss and change in hair texture, it would get brittle, bulging of the eyes, as seen with Graves disease, and muscle weakness. Okay, back to the Mayo Clinic for Graves disease. You're looking for anxiety and irritability, a fine tremor of the hands or fingers, heat sensitivity, and an increase in perspiration or warm or moist skin, weight loss despite normal eating habits, enlarged thyroid gland, change in menstrual cycle, erectile dysfunction or reduced libido, frequent bowel movements, bulging eyes, fatigue, thick red skin usually on the shins or tops of the feet, rapid or irregular heartbeat palpitations, sleep disturbance. If you, your child, or someone you love has any of these symptoms, please seek medical attention. I want to thank you so much for listening and remind you again to please go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. If you're a U.S. resident who has type 1 or you're a U.S. resident who is the caregiver of someone with type 1, your quick and easy answers that are HIPAA compliant and completely anonymous, will be of great value to people living with type 1 diabetes. It will take you fewer than 10 minutes at t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox to make a huge difference in someone else's life. And you'll be supporting the podcast. Thanks so much again for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox podcast.